This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Coach Hogbug, got it here on a Monday morning, Monday morning in God's country. Mighty Woods in North Central Florida, where it is right now. 63 degrees, according to the computers here. Of course, this is not outside. But we are in uh, the Warthog Man Cave, inside the Melanol Studio, protected by crime prevention. So there you go. What else can you ask for? Sponsored by Julia Costello, full state service at all state. Um, on the spot, cleaners, stop cuts. I'm going to leave somebody out. R&R construction. Where else can I go with this? And, of course, um, Mellon Law is the only official law firm partner of the Fighting Gator. I got to tell you, didn't look like much fight to me. I got it. Something's mysterious about this. Anytime you want to disagree, chime in. The Gator, we got to talk about it. I mean, it's, you know, I got a Gator cup. I've got the calibercoffeecompany.com coffee. Say Ward 15, you get 15% off. Good coffee. We've got to talk about it. I mean, they opened the whole city of Jacksonville up to a parking lot drunk. Call it the largest outdoor cocktail party. Putting it mildly. But it looked to me as if the Gators came out playing a fast offensive game. Bang, 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 bang. And then just dropped it. I mean, I don't know what happened. Of course, Jordan stiffened, of course. But that doesn't mean anything. The rhythm, the rhythm was there in the very beginning. What do they do? It looks as if they just completely abandoned it. Now, the other thing you've got to realize, Georgia got about as twice as many points as Florida. I don't know, 46 to 23 or something like that. I don't have it in front of me. Georgia has twice as much money in its collective as Florida. Now, don't hold me to these numbers, but they're pretty close, I think. Florida has around 13 million to buy players. I mean, you know, it's, it's buy players. Georgia has 26 million to buy players. There are a couple other things that are not 
make the playing field less than level. There's only one, I don't count Georgia Tech, big college football world in Georgia, and it's the Georgia Bulldogs. In Florida, there's a lot. There's Florida State. And growing in leaps and bounds, Central Florida. And don't count out South Florida. And then Miami. And on and on. And we, believe it or not, don't have all the money at the University of Florida. We're still basically rural. Believe that or not. So you've got one big draw in Georgia, and that's the University of Georgia. And when I say the collective has got about twice as much money as Florida's, that's what the guys that know have been telling me. And I just thought that was interesting. Twice as many points for twice as much money. Now, don't get me going on a coach. I'll get myself going. I listened to his post-game comments. I think I got him basically right. Oh, well, these kids, hey, they just got to learn. And he went off on a road blaming the kids, the players. Now I don't I don't call 21, 22, 23-year-old males kids. I don't like that word to start with. Kid is a goat. A young man, a strapping young man. And his prowess, a warrior young man. But he talked about them as if it were not his teaching that screwed up. It was their failure to learn his teaching. <laughs> you may have heard it differently. It might be a different uh, song that you're listening to. But that that's not Going to cut it, I don't think. The other thing <clears throat> was betting on the come. Oh, we got this coming in. We got that coming in. Next year, next year, next year. So there are two things, uh, two themes that I heard, and, and you know, there's probably more than this. One, players didn't learn from what I taught. And two, I'm going, don't, don't worry, I got better players coming in next time. I don't think, I don't think that's going to cut it. And here's the other thing. Next year's team could be a whole different set of names with the collective and the name, image, and likeness. You're not going to have the same quarterback. 
you may not have to say much of anything. So I, I, I'm always concerned about where's the loyalty? Where's the loyalty coming from? I mean, the real identity with the universe. It ain't there. It ain't there. I don't know what's going to happen. There's name, image, likeness stuff, but I got a strange story I'll tell you in a minute. Meanwhile, the Ohio states keep chugging along. The Alabamers keep chugging along. They got money. They got name. They got consistency, for the most part, in coaching, particularly Alabama. So get ready for a long haul of this. This is this is going to be, in my humble opinion, I'm never wrong. The Florida football profile for quite some time to come. Now you know we got stuck with this back when I first came here with Coach Graves. Coach Graves was known as a seven and three coach. He could never nudge it even to eight and two until Steve Spurrier came along. And really, when Steve Spurrier came along, he was practically the assistant coach. So well-known that he changed plays on the field. He didn't like what Graves sent in or Pankos or whoever. We don't have that now. I mean, those players on that field, from what I can tell for Florida, have no individual discretion. They're constantly looking to the sideline. I don't know. I don't know if that's... I mean, come on. It's a game. Let them play it. But they're so micromanaged and so guys in the press box and this and that one and another. That there's no spontaneity. So get ready for this to be the profile, I think, for the University of Florida football for quite some time. It doesn't matter what coach you got, it doesn't seem like. <clears throat> there are only so many Steve Spurriers. And by the way, I think Georgia was very smart to hire homegrown. Hire a coach from their own world, from their own team, from their own loyalty, if you will. We haven't done that since Spurrier. And when you have this collective like this, 10, 15 years out, you're going to be able to do that less and less and less. You're not going to have I could be wrong about this, but you're not going to have a hometown, home field coach from the team that he's now coaching. I don't see it happening. So, meanwhile, the Jacksonville Jaguars, off to the best start they've had 
I think since Fred Taylor was there in the 90s. They're slinging it around and they love their coach and, you know, it's it's a fun time for them. Uh, they got continuity and cohesiveness. They'll be in the mix and the hunt right down at the end. So it's fun to watch them. They're right in it till the very end. I don't know why we backed off our slinging a ball around so early. But there it is. Jacksonville stays right with it. I mean, we've got a quarterback that's leading the – I mean, look at his numbers. He's established himself as reliable. But you keep micromanaging and messing with him. That's just my opinion. I'm sorry. I apologize. Meanwhile, World Series. Let me just say a few things about World Series. Compliments of Jared Diamond, who has analyzed it for the Wall Street Journal. We talked about this. Pitch timer has resulted in shorter and more action-packed games. Limiting pitcher pickoff throws led to a record 41% increase in stolen bases. That's an exciting play. When that catcher slings that ball down to second, that's an exciting play. They needed more of that, and they got it. Attendances climbed to their largest total since 2017, which reversed years of decline that had started even before the pandemic. Nearly two-thirds of the team saw their local television ratings rise. Now, what's interesting about these two teams, according to to these guys is that's almost entirely the teams are almost entirely devoid of anybody recognizable to a national audience. The names are not marquee names. People don't recognize these players, nor do they need to. And the Rangers and the Diamondbacks are not showcasing many players already recognized as the game's best. And uh, they got an Arizona rookie, Corbin Carroll. Um, he's the best player. Superstars on the field are different. And the Rangers committed half a billion dollars to sign Seager and the second baseman and free agency two winners ago, but the two players remain mostly overlooked in the public eye. And the Rangers have a true superstar and starter Jacob DeCrom, but he's been sidelined with an elbow injury. So once upon a time, the World Series had these recognizable stars. Don Larson, Oh, yeah, boy, we remember Don Larson, right? Well, that's the old days. So there you are. It's a pretty exciting series. 
and they have increased, of course, of the base stealing, which I think is one of the most exciting plays you can get. Got some other things here about sports that are bizarre. Ran across this. We've been talking about Nike marketing through these players. So much of that being done on the other end quite wisely by the players. Particularly, we talked about this with Deion Sanders' team. How those guys learn how to market themselves, bring in money for the school. I didn't know this, and maybe you don't know it. This is in the Western Journal. Western Journal is a pretty good publication. Nike, believe it or not, is still, still has Colin Kaepernick on contract, and Nike, through Colin Kaepernick, just released new, are you ready for this? Woke Apparel. January 1st, 2017, was the last time that Kaepernick took a meaningful snap in the NFL. He put up 215 yards, one touchdown, and two fumbles and a 23-25 loss to the Seattle Seahawks that day. He capped off an ignominious season that saw Kaepernick's record fall to 1-10. Surely, that would be the end of Kaepernick. But, He is still peddling things for Nike. The establishment includes sports apparel, conglomerate Nike, and Nike just revealed a new capsule collection of apparel based on Kaepernick. So what is the establishment trying to do? It's trying to cover its basis to borrow something from baseball. Kaepernick, even though he doesn't play and never will again, has a bunch of people who say he should. That Nike evidently is smart enough to pedal apparel to. in spite of his kneeling. Now, Nike has figured, according to the Western Journal, that this is a cheap way to score what they call intersectionality points. I think that's what's going on with Taylor Swift. I mean, who really cares if she's in the press box. Do you know how many celebrities are in those press boxes? 
I know she has a billion dollar this and that. But still, boy, that camera's up there on her. I learned that this is called intersectionality. Intersectionality can be this, according to the journal. Shoes made in a Chinese sweat factory that support Black Lives Matter. Peddled by Kaepernick. Even though he doesn't play in the NFL. He's actually more valuable to Nike if he's not playing than if he is and he's a bad backup quarterback. Have you ever in your life thought you would see the time when it paid to be a loser? Really? Here is yet another one of those stories that makes you scratch your head. Female Jiu-Jitsu Jiu-Jitsu contestants. Now, I wouldn't want to mess with any of them. They belong to something called the North America Grappling Association. And they practice Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. They have a tournament. And guess what? The honest-to-God women in this tournament organizing my North American Grappling Association abandoned the tournament. Now, can you figure out why they abandoned the tournament? Because they were being forced to compete against male-born transgender opponents. Huh? Female-born athletes are boycotting the tournament after male-born transgender competitor Carissa Griffin took home four gold medals at a tournament in Georgia on October 21st. Female competitor Taylor Moore told fans she was upset to be suddenly confronted by a male-born opponent. On top of it all, without being told beforehand. She faced this, how do I say this? Transgender, I guess. On September 9th and posted the video to her Instagram page with the caption, I weighed in at 135 and she was over 200. Her opponent I'm not I'm not gonna laugh. James McPike, 29 years old, 
recently began going by the name Alice and tossed more around on the mats like a ragdoll. I used to know a gay guy who, whose name was female name was Alice May. And he would just, whenever he was Alice May, he was Alice May. Whenever he was a man, he was Al. Whenever he was a female, he was Alice May. Worked in a clothing shop, a men's clothing shop. Well, the North American Grappling Association gives the choice to biological women whether or not they want to compete against these transgenders. And if they decline, they're going to now compete in a biological division for only women. Well, that's not really solving the problem. The Grappling Association, according to the wrestlers, is continuing to pair male-born competitors with females. In a contact sport, well, I had to put that in sports stories. I don't understand this. I don't understand it. Why would you want to? Why would you want to? You were a transitioning, what do they call them? Male. Hockey. Got a sad story here. You know, hockey is a violent sport. People love it. William Faulkner published an article one time in the Times-Picayune that said, innocent at the, uh, innocent at the hockey rink. Or the person at the hockey rink could not understand why the referees let the players fight. Well, there was a freak injury on an American player. A skate blade cut a player by the name of Adam Johnson of Minnesota cut his neck and he bled to death. A skate blade during the competition. They took him to the hospital, but he bled out. I've never heard of that. And that doesn't sound like something that could have been stopped, which was a fight that was uh, going on, um, you know, kind of, I guess, to entice the crowd to come back. Poor old Trump. We'll conclude with this story during Coach Hall's locker room. You know, the whole farce about them suing him for his real estate values. Everybody knows that real estate values are what you're going to pay for them. Once again, the Western Journal 
reports that Trump's golf properties have won prestigious global awards. There are two golf courses in Scotland that are owned by the Trump Organization that have recently been honored. Trump International Golf Links in Aberdeen was named 2023's best golf course in Scotland, 2023. Trump Turnberry won the award in the world's best halfway house. And this level of recognition, particularly in Scotland, is profound. Um, These are recognizable historical landmarks. The Turnberry Lighthouse. Trump Turnberry General Manager Ralph Parciani said the course protects the past as it embraces the uh, present. You don't hear about that. Think about it. Think about that. Awards for the best golf courses in Scotland. That's Coach Hogg's locker room. We'll be right back with the weather in a minute. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. Thursday, November the 16th, come celebrate the release of our Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, Lugo's Risky Rum. This exclusive release features a special spread of our farm-to-table food, rum cocktails, raffles, and a meet and greet with me. Each ticket includes a bottle of Spurrier's Single Barrel Select Risky Rum. And I'll sign the bottle if you'd like. So get your ticket before they sell out at Spurrier's.com. This is Ward Scott. And I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Prime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, R&R Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show... Thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber 
for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth. All these poop. A warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Ward's Weather Report brought to you by Lewis Oil, Chevron Station's fossil fuel. Well, we're okay right now in terms of temperature, but it's going to get a little colder. We're getting a little significant cold snap in the next couple of days. And um, get ready for it. Maybe get ready to build a far. Here we're in our parts. It might get down to the upper 40s. Meanwhile, somebody no doubt will blame it on climate change. The big storm we talked about out of Mexico that intensified so rapidly is now being blamed on the intensification anyway, on climate change. A warm patch of ocean, 88 degrees Fahrenheit. University of Miami scientists have talked about it. And, you know, this has got to be because all the water around the globe is warming. And it's got to be what's causing these unusual strength storms. I don't know. There you are. Climate change, climate change. It's so bad that the automobile companies are now crying uncle because they can't sell these electric vehicles. Nobody wants them. And the only reason they exist in the first place is Biden pumped money into it. Go figure. Well, there's a couple of stories I meant to cover about sports. And I'm going to work them in now. And one is local, and it's um, reported by Main Street News. Redoing what is known as Citizens Field. Citizens Field is over on the east side of town. MLK Center is there. Over the years, it has been repeatedly the scene of many a great game. Many a great game. And it's kind of fallen on disrepair as everything has gone to the west side of town. And now there's talk in the city of revitalizing it. And this is one project that I'm for. The city's talking about doing. Definitely. You should revitalize all of that area, make it as nice as you can make it, because the kids on that side of town need a really nice facility. Driving all the way across Gainesville to get the celebration point to that stuff ain't going to happen. So I want to applaud Cynthia Chestnut and some of these other people. 
Even the communist uh, commissioner, Seiko, Psycho, Psycho Seiko, or believing in this project. And I think it should get started and you should do a good job of it. And I don't think you'll regret it. We definitely, definitely need it. So keep that, keep that up. Okay. Keep that up. Meanwhile, if you'll recall, I made a, uh, kind of a story out of the days when I was involved with coaching, when I would go scout. And I would bring back a strategy that hopefully could be used to effectively nullify the strengths of the team we're getting ready to play the following week or so. Even then, we were so concerned about people stealing information during our practices that we watched the trees with binoculars. We sent the uh, equipment guys around to check the perimeter of the of the practice field. We didn't want anybody stealing anything. Now, it got to be such a formal concern that college football outlined sign stealing. But now, somebody has accused Jim Harbaugh, coach of a successful coach at the University of Michigan. And you got to be careful when you're a successful coach because they'll start looking for something to kneecap you. So now the word is that he has been involved with sign stealing. Sign stealing. And the NCAA is investigating whether Michigan or Harbaugh coaches executed a scheme to illegally steal opponents' play-calling signals. Now, on October 20th, Michigan suspended a football staff member named Connor Stallions after a report that the NCAA was investigating the school for allegedly violating rules that banned teams from in-person scouting of future opponents. Wall Street Journal article. Now, Michigan is pulling back the university pulling back with its contract negotiations with Harbaugh. Even though he's led the Wolverines to an 8-0 record and a number two ranking. And the bookmakers say he's a favorite to win a national championship. He was a quarterback at Michigan. 
he has done well leading teams in the college and the NFL. And he's brought Michigan back to national prominence. Well, ho-hum. Why do you think they would go after him? Who's they? Well, the people he's beating. He's consecutively beaten Ohio State, which before Harbaugh had won eight games in a row in the rivalry. Now, Harbaugh says, quote, I do not have any knowledge of information regarding the University of Michigan football program illegally stealing signals, nor have I directed staff members or others to participate in an off-campus scouting assignment. Well, this has caused an uproar in the college football world. Now, isn't this something? Name, image, and likeness hasn't caused an uproar. The collective hasn't caused an uproar. What's caused an uproar is science theory. Oh, boy. And now they're intensifying, investigating Harbaugh or alleged recruiting violations in 2021. You know, recruiting violations in the age of the collective? The most severe penalty for a coach is for repeat or aggravated violations. That can include a suspension from coaching at his current and any other NCAA school for a period of time. Now, Harbaugh is at the pinnacle of his college coaching career. He has led Michigan to a 33-3 and record in the past two and a half seasons, including two consecutive Big Ten Conference titles. He's in his ninth season as the head coach there. Well, well, well. Well, well, well. Something is out of whack. Something is out of whack. He's been too successful. I'll assure you, Sign stealing, that's what you want to call it, isn't, how shall we say it, special to the, let me get my computers going here, to my, uh, to the University of Michigan. I'll assure you of that. So, there we are. We're back on the computer here. I had several balls to jump here. Meanwhile, you've been hearing about this. I thought I'd talk about it with you. The Santis 
You know, he's not timid. He's not afraid to take on tigers by the tail. And he has ordered the University of Florida State Universities to disband pro-Palestinian student groups because they back Hamas. This is an extraordinary step. But not for him. Throughout this war, as you know, some college students have expressed solidarity with Palestinians. Well, DeSantis acting, quote, it is a felony under floral law to knowingly provide material support to a designated foreign terrorist organization. And this is from coming from the State University System Chancellor, Ray Rodriguez. He wrote that to the university presidents Tuesday at DeSantis' urging. Think about that. Not on the university campus. Students for Justice in Palestine, this organization is getting banned, has been on U.S. campuses for decades, calling for the liberation of Palestinians and boycotts against Israel. It is a loosely connected network of more than 200 chapters across the United States. Now they're screaming that this action by DeSantis actively undermines education, freedom of speech, and social justice movements. But DeSantis says it matters how you discuss these issues. And he's also, as you know, prohibited state universities from spending money on diversity, equality, inclusion. He's not afraid. That's not what the university is about. The university is about learning and speak and think critically. Students for Justice in Palestine and several other groups call for a national student walkout on college campuses on Wednesday to demand an end to Israeli attacks on Gaza and to the U.S. financial backing for Israel. Not on the University of Florida campus or any state campus in Florida, according to DeSantis. There is a fellow named Leon Cooperman. A billionaire. He's a Polish Jew. He has given away billions to make the world a better place to live. 
He went to New York City's Columbia University. He earned a master's degree there in business administration, 1967. He's given over $50 million to New York City's Columbia University. And he says he will give no more to the school due to the way some students and faculty celebrated the slaughter of Israeli citizens, civilians, in the massacre of October 7th. His quote is, these kids at the colleges have sh for brains. He says, I've given to Columbia probably $50 million over the years. And I'm going to suspend my giving. I'll be giving my money to other organizations. Not just because I'm a Jew. What Hamas did was brutal and over the top. These kids don't have a clue what they're talking about, he said. Good for him. Good for him. Good people are going to have to stand up to evil. What Hamas did was evil. Absolutely. You know, <clears throat> This story here, which the Washington Post published gleefully, is about Charlottesville, Virginia's Lee statue of Robert E. Lee being melted down in a furnace. They even quote the degree in the furnace, 2,250 degrees. The foundry workers cut the statue into parts, head and sword. The location of the foundry was not identified. to protect the foundry workers and the facility. Now, what does that tell you? What does that tell you? You're going to keep this a secret? The people who protested this when this discussion started six years ago were, were labeled torch-bearing white nationalists. <clears throat> white nationalists.
the war against national Yankee uh, aggression was not about nationalism. It was about separating itself from nationalism. A protest against the heavy hand of the federal government. That war being lost, I would say to you, connects the federal government's heavy handedness against Trump because it calling him a white nationalist as well. Does that help you understand something? If you're going to turn January 7th into a race into a race issue which you know it wasn't then what does that tell you about the Civil War being based on race? No. North and South could care less about race. North wanted to hold all the cards. Lincoln would take or not take slaves. He could care less. Real easy. This this, this exposes it all. If you're going to call people who protested taking down Lee's statue white nationalists, and turn around and call Trump a white nationalist. Let me repeat it for you. And try to turn this questioning of the heavy handedness of the federal government into a race issue. There's no better way to see the flaw in that than to compare Trump to Lee. Basically, you can do that quite easily. Lee was melted down in secret at a small southern foundry outside Virginia in a town and state the Washington Post has agreed not to name because of participants' fears of violence. Really? What does that tell you? What does that tell you? The Robert E. Lee statue in Charlottesville in 2017, the Post writes, was the focal point of the deadly Unite the Right rally. Unite the Right. Meanwhile, the left can go berserk. Impunity. Confederate monuments throughout the country 
are being taken down. Hidden or destroyed. And people don't know it. Nobody will talk about this. Nobody writes about it, honestly, clearly. It's sad. It's really sad. And dangerous. Have a great day. Warthog Command Center out.